Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. I think Jesse just got to be Jesse. Don't try to be somebody that you're not. Uh, Don't try to be somebody that people think that you should be. Just go out there and do what you think is... You know, go out there and do what you know that's going to help our team and and, and continue that mindset. Um, and, and, and I think to this point, you know, Jess has been great. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, it's, it's going to be one of those things where he just got to battle and, and I think uh, try to stay out of foul trouble as much as possible. That is Alan Griffin, Syracuse assistant coach, earlier today here on ESPN Radio. Oh, that's the matchup to watch in the paint tonight. Mondo Baycott, Jesse Edwards, two of the best centers uh, in the ACC, frankly, in the country. That'll be juicy, juicy backcourt uh, matchup here. And uh, North Carolina's a team that typically has Syracuse's number. The Orange have picked up a couple wins as of late, but uh, just 5-16 and 16 overall uh, in their history against the Tar Heels. Let's uh, learn more about this squad coming to the Dome tonight as uh, we've had him on the show before. Always love chatting ACC basketball with him with a focus on North Carolina and Duke from The Athletic. Make sure you follow him on Twitter for all the latest and, of course, read his work at The Athletic. Brendan Marks is back with us here on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Brendan, how you doing, bud? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm excited to see how tonight's game goes. I am, too. I am intrigued by this. And let's start right there where we were before we brought you on. Jesse Edwards, Armando Baycott. I mean, look, the numbers are there. You watch Baycott for five seconds. You can just see the dominant season he's having here. But what do you think of this matchup and throwing Jesse Edwards at him? Is that one of the better counters that a team can throw at Baycott so far this year? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. You know, and, and, you know, North Carolina has faced a couple of other quality bigs this season, you know, um, you know, had Michigan earlier this year. So Armando Baycott went up against Hunter Dickinson, um, obviously Trace Jackson Davis at Indiana. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I think Jesse presents almost like a different style of big, you know, especially with, you know, his block percentages and, and what he's able to do defensively. Um, I'll be interested to see, uh, how aggressive Armando is. And, and obviously Armando is playing probably as well as right now as he has at any point in his career. He's had three straight games of at least 15 or more rebounds. Um, so he's, he's really good at getting his own messes. I'll be interested to see if Jesse allows him to do that at the rate that he normally does. Do you think at this point, and it, this is almost a rare conversation to have because players come and go so quickly, but in the sense of, you know, this Baycott is so aggressive. He's this big guy in the paint. An ACC officiating this year has been, uh, let's say, questionable at best, and I'll, I'll kind of leave it at that. And I know, you, I think you were tweeting about that today, Brendan, as a matter of fact. But does he get calls is my question. Does he just get the benefit of the doubt on a certain number of calls from what you've been able to see? I, I, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think a conversation about ACC and college basketball officiating in general is, is probably one that uh, all of your listeners on the phone lines, they've all got their own opinions, and I would probably agree <laughs> with a good bulk of them. Uh but yeah, to some extent, he does get calls. Um, but you know, his his free throw rate, you know, the number of fouls he's drawn, he's drawn six point seven fouls per forty minutes, which is like top twenty five nationally. I believe it's best in the ACC. You know, same thing in terms of actually getting to the free throw line. Like he's he's just always around the basket. Um, you know, there's never really a situation where Armando is going to be 
you know, basically outside of like five feet from the rim. And so, you know, when he is around there, um, especially with the way he's able to get his own misses, that is where a lot of the fouls come from. It's on those second jump opportunities. Guys are going up for rebounds and you're just trying to get anything you can against them. And you go over the back or you push them or whatever. Um, but certainly, yeah, he's a, you know, he's a four-year ACC guy. He's got a pedigree. He's got a name. And uh, I, I think I'd be lying if I said that doesn't help him in certain occasions. This backcourt uh, battle is going to be interesting to watch, too. you got R.J. Davis and Caleb Love, Joe Girard and, and Judah Mintz, and it, both Davis and Love are averaging over 16 points per game. How, how, do, they, uh, how do they kind of even that out with Baycott and, and the scoring and how that distributes? That's kind of an interesting stat to see your, your, your backcourt both averaging 16 points per game. Yeah, certainly. And, you know, that's the thing that North Carolina really struggled with earlier on this season, which was, you know, both Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, um, their uses rates were even higher than they are now. Um, and, and it's not like they don't get the ball a lot now, but um, at the beginning of the season, both of those guys were really struggling with post-entry um, and just struggling to get Armando involved consistently. And since North Carolina lost four straight games in the end of November going into December, which obviously caused them to fall all the way out of the top 25, uh, since then there has been a rededicated focus to getting the ball to Armando more often. So the thing that I'm really interested in with the backcourt in this game is uh, Caleb Love right now is on pace to have one of the least efficient shooting seasons of all time. Um, my favorite stat right now is that he has missed more three-pointers than anyone else on North Carolina's roster has taken this season. He's missed 101 threes. Um, R.J. Davis, on the other hand, has only taken 98, uh, which is pretty crazy. So I, I will be really interested, especially against the zone, if Caleb Love gets into one of those bad shooting streaks um, because it's absolutely a situation where he can shoot Carolina out of the game, and, and I know Syracuse fans are probably excited to hear that. It's tempting, right? It's a, a lot of people are on diets this time of the year, and there's that donut sitting on the counter, and you're just like, oh, man, I don't know if I could walk by that one when you're playing a zone defense. And what's happened with Brendan a lot, or with uh, Syracuse a lot, Brendan, is they get off to slow starts. Pretty much every ACC game, even against Georgia Tech on Saturday, they were down 21-10, and the reason is teams just hit threes. Teams that are good at threes, are not good at threes. They just see the zone and they fire away. So to hear that about Caleb Love, I don't know how he resists when he's got that zone defense in his face. And frankly, you know, Judah Mintz and Joe Girard are not the best defenders at the top of that zone either. So, oh boy, I take the over on Caleb uh, Love three-point attempts is what you're telling us, I guess. Yeah, I, I really do think that's going to be one of the determining factors in who wins this game. Like, you know, you look at the, the splits between R.J. Davis and Caleb Love, and, you know, I just mentioned how many threes Caleb takes. R.J. is just a dramatically better shooter. Um, he's made at least two three-pointers in every game this month. It's the most efficient month of his career scoring-wise. Um, you know, for the year, he started out shooting about 26%, and he's all the way up to 38.8% from three. So he's really been hot, and yet... Caleb just is going to do what Caleb does. And, you know, there's, there's obviously a good side to that. As North Carolina saw during the postseason run last year, he could be three of, you know, 11 and still feel confident taking a game-winning shot. Uh, but at the same time, certainly, yeah, you know, if he's taking eight or nine or even ten threes tonight, um, that's bad news for North Carolina because there are certainly better shots they can get. Brendan Marks joining us from The Athletic. Make sure you follow him on Twitter for all the latest on North Carolina and Duke basketball. And, of course, read his work at The Athletic. Uh, Brendan, it doesn't look like this team goes very deep. Uh, tell me about that situation, how much Hubert Davis uses his bench, if at all, because it, it doesn't appear that he uses it a lot. Yeah, certainly, you know, last year he didn't use it at all. I mean, they literally only played five guys 
during the like national title game, essentially, you know, some guys are coming in for a minute or two minutes or whatever. Like uh, Armando Baker, I can basically pop his ankle out of the skin. And, you know, as soon as he got it stitched back up, they put him back in. Uh, it's a little, it's a little bit better this season. North Carolina is at least trying to have a little bit of depth. Um, but of course they've also dealt with some, you know, injuries as everybody does. So I'll be interested to see how DP goes tonight. You know, the, the only you know, I would say the only two guys who, as of right now, are really consistently getting in off the bench are a pair of uh, guards. You know, DeMarco Dunn comes in. He's a sophomore. Didn't play at all last year, really. Uh, but he's someone who's a pretty good defender. Uh, has been able to show the ability to make a couple of threes. He was hailed as a three-point shooter coming out of high school, and, and that's starting to show itself. And then the other guy is Seth Trimble, who was a top 30 recruit, North Carolina's highest ranked recruit. Um, Just really, really good defensively. Doesn't ever shoot the ball, uh, but in terms of defense, I mean, he is arguably UNC's best on-ball defender. So I'd expect both of those guys to get some run, especially considering how important Syracuse's backcourt is. Um, But but other than that, you know, if this is a situation where Jesse and Armando are battling and Armando gets in some foul trouble, uh, that's not a situation that UNC wants to find itself in. Brendan, take me back to these uh, North Carolina, North Carolina State games Saturday and the collision between Leaky Black and Smith and, and just kind of everything that's happened since then. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, sort of, you know, ballooned a little bit. Um, so, you know, as what actually happened in the game, Terquavion Smith, who, you know, is one of the better players in the ACC, I think, you know, at this juncture, he's probably an all-ACC guard. Uh, he goes up for a layup, and Leaky Black fouls him while he's going up for the layup. And as you can see on review, uh, Leaky hits him in the face after Turquavion Smith has already let go of the ball. So it, it's looking like a flagrant. Um, and then Turquavion just stays down on the floor. And, you know, he's down there for a minute, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. All of a sudden, not just NC State's training staff is looking at him, but UNC's training staff goes up, which is when, you know, as a quarter, as a fan, you're like, okay, that's pretty significant. Um, and, and so basically what ends up happening is out of a matter of precaution, Terquavion Smith gets stretchered off the court. They put an air cast on his arm. Uh, thankfully, he has since been removed from the hospital, you know, and it sounds like he's a game-time decision. He's like day-to-day this week. But uh, Leakey ended up getting ejected. Uh, Armando Baycott sort of pokes fun at it post-game. He, he made fun of Terquavion Smith wearing sunglasses. It's ballooned into this whole big thing. You know, the most important thing is that Terquavion Smith is okay, but, but certainly uh, any bad blood there already was between UNC and NC State is only multiplied going into their meeting next month. So Leakey Black is eligible to play, right, with an ejection? doesn't lead to having to sit out a first half or any discipline or anything like that? It does not. So okay. he is all good to go. And uh, However, Puff Johnson did not play uh, against NC State, and it sounds like there's a, a good likelihood that he's going to miss tonight's game as well. Okay. Good to know on that front. Brendan, uh, great stuff. Always appreciate your insight. Uh, doing a, a spectacular job covering both North Carolina and Duke. So uh, we'll have to catch up when uh, Syracuse and Duke uh, cross paths here coming up soon. But appreciate your time and enjoy the game tonight, my friend. Absolutely. Likewise, hope it's uh, not too brutally cold for you all out there. <laughs> eh, we're used to it. You know, we're, we're tempted fade up here, Brennan. Hasn't been too much snow to this point, but uh, there's still a long way to go here. We're in it for the long haul, so we'll see how it goes. Gotcha. Appreciate it, sir. Be good. That's Brendan Marks, ladies and gentlemen, from The Athletic. Great work there, and uh, his work on Twitter is terrific. And That's a fun gig. Cover North Carolina and Duke, both sides of the rivalry. I guess you can do that when you're a journalist, right? Because covering both sides, being part of both sides of that rivalry, I don't. Th- I think that'd be that'd be shunned in most instances, but in this case, it works. Let's keep it rolling. Next, our weekly conversation with Felicia Leggett, Jack, Syracuse women's basketball head coach, coming up.